KG, and this is not safe for network. Get in there, you big boy. Oh, I don't care what you smell. Oh my God, this girl's really turning me on. I, I didn't quite get that. Think it again. Forget I thought it. It's a pressure valve. Won't open unless there's tremendous pressure. Oh no, not the beast! Monta. Not the beast! Monta. Ah! I love my eyes! Monta. Montucky Skies. <laughs> Welcome to Montucky Skies. I'm Biggs. And I'm Brandon. So I, I have to interject this. Uh, I don't know if the roast was live. Well, it wasn't live tonight, but I don't know if they just premiered it tonight or if it was yesterday. I think it was yesterday because yeah. I think they were doing a Labor Day thing. It would almost have to be because uh, I basically all day I was looking on stuff. I kept seeing Ann Coulter trending. And I just like ignored it. I just assumed she said something racist, which is like every Ann Coulter bit ever. Like <laughs> she just grabs so many headlines saying awful things. But I I was flipping my Comedy Central and there was a roast. And I had, I, we talked about this on the porch, but I kind of given up on Comedy Central roast because it had been really good for a while. And then I remember seeing the Shatner one and being like, they're just trading celebrities for comedians now and i didn't like it as much um what i noticed from watching it is like the comedians pretty much had or the comedians that were there were spot on and then the celebrities they picked were pretty good at like they had comic timing you know like they they even had peyton manning on there and he actually had really good timing too which makes sense it's really funny on like commercials commercials and saturday night live yeah like the dude has a sense of comic timing so it makes sense but what was amazing was and and Coulter was on the dais <laughs> and they like they tore her apart like it was so much worse than they did with Rob Lowe or anybody else. David Spade said at one point, you know, Ann Coulter, she's pretty fun between the sheets. Ask the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh my god, they just they just tore her a new one. But what was really fascinating was watching her go up on the dais and i mean everybody knows like with roasts they're just they're politically incorrect they're they're pretty awful things but they're they're just fun because they're so dirty and nasty and awful so she goes up and like it is the most hostile crowd like i've never seen a crowd just turn on somebody before they even talk like on a roast and so they hated her from the second she walked up there and she started plugging her book for like Trump, which was huge mistake, dude, <laughs> huge mistake because just everybody started booing her and stuff. And she was like nervous right away. And she, she told one joke, like she said, if I can convince even one person in this room to vote for Trump, then it's a success. She goes, I'm hoping that person will be David Spade because you know, somebody told me that there wouldn't be any spades voting for Trump, dude. And they like booed so loud. Like if anybody else had delivered that line, it would have been some kind of laughter. But like, oh my God, dude, they just turned on her. And then uh, who's the really young guy on Saturday Night Live who was like, I oh, think he was uh, like 18 when he started the show. Pete Davidson? Yeah, Pete Davidson. She tried to make some joke about him being biracial. Like she's like, I thought you were like Obama because you're biracial, but now I don't know what you are. And like it's like dead silent. And he goes, funny. And like everybody just busts out laughing when she did when he does that. Like Jeff Ross just destroys her, of course. I'm not going to get into all of it, but Rob Lowe like delivered the coup de gras. I mean, it's his roast, and he goes up, and he was great when he went up. You know what? Screw it. Let's play a little uh, compilation of a lot of people destroying Ann Coulter. Enjoy. Yeah. Sir, if you're here, who's scaring the crows away from our crops? They just destroyed Last year, we had Martha Stewart, who sells sheets, and now we have Ann Coulter, who cuts eye holes in them. (laughs) (laughs) Looks like she's having a good time. I haven't seen you laugh this hard since Trayvon Martin got shot. (laughs) Ann Coulter is here, which can mean only one thing. Someone must have said her name three times. Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. 
I, first of all, as a feminist, uh, I can't support everything that's being said up here tonight. But uh, as somebody that hates Ann Coulter, I'm delighted. Ann Coulter is one of the most repugnant, hateful, hatchet-faced bitches alive. But it's not too late to change, Ann. You could kill yourself. Ann Coulter has written 11 books, 12 if you count Mein Kampf. Ann Coulter looks so much like a truck stop transvestite whore that I saw Jeff Ross run to an ATM just before the show. <laughs> Anne hopes the Republicans uh, can hold on to the House so she can continue to haunt it. She seems stiff and conservative, but Anne gets wild in the sheets. Just ask the Klan. Anne's against gay marriage. What's your thinking on that? If I can't get a husband, they shouldn't either? It's 56 days to Halloween, but I see that Anne Coulter's already in her skeleton costume. Is Pete white? Is he black? Ann Coulter needs to know if she can decide if she hates him. Why is <laughs> Ann Coulter here tonight? Answer? Because the Right to Lifers wanted everyone to see what an abortion looks like up close. Coup de gras. I realize that I am not the only athlete up here tonight. As you all know, earlier this year, Ann Coulter won the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> and you know, Ann, after seeing your set tonight, I think we've all witnessed the first bombing that you can't blame on a Muslim. But it's just like, it was fantastic, like how badly she bombed. I mean, it was just, it, she looked so nervous and uncomfortable. It was, it was amazing, dude. I, you know, I've never seen her run any emotion on her face that wasn't smugness or just really evil. I don't know. So, her world famous skeleton scowl. <laughs> yeah. So I really, really enjoyed that roast, man. It was, it's something to watch. Like it was pretty good. I feel like they've they've just redeemed all the bad roasts, and they might have been on to something the last couple of years. I can't say. Like the Shat roast was a while ago. So it was when I was living in Olympia for sure. So sometime between '04 and '07. <laughs> so I, I've really been out on roast for a while, but. Oh, incredible. And then I was telling you on the porch, but it bears repeating on this. So Peyton Manning, because he was there, uh, Jeffrey Ross said, I have nothing but admiration for Peyton Manning. He took two teams to the promised land. All this despite missing a chromosome. (laughs) (laughs) So good. (laughs) Anyhow, (laughs) should we get into regular Sky's news here? Sure, let's go for it. Okay, so um, I'm going to start a little bit of Star Trek because we were talking about it last week. Uh, Kristen Bayer is overseeing the upcoming line of Star Trek Discovery novels and comic books that are going to be put out by IDW. She was confirming that the show will have a gay character and a Muslim character. So this is just like a nightmare for Ann Coulter. (laughs) She was probably already out on Star Trek, but I feel like this is the nail in the coffin. (laughs) She was out on Star Trek at George Takei. Yeah. I think that that it really feels to me like they're going in an interesting direction. Because, like, you're not having the captain in charge. Like, it's not revolving around the captain. I think it's the first officer. That seems to be where all the speculation is. And then, I mean, introducing a Muslim character, that's, like, I never even would have thought of that. That totally makes sense. You know what has always been, like, Part of the the canon of Star Trek was humanity coming together and then furthering humanity. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think it's in the the vein of what they're they should be going. Oh, definitely. I mean, you think back to um, you think back to Star Trek. I mean, we were just getting into Vietnam, and they put an Asian guy on TV. Like that was pretty balls out risky at the time. And they they had a Russian character on there when we were fighting the Cold War. I mean, you know, they're they're really, really good about including everybody and making you think about them in different ways and watching them interact with people. And the gay character, I feel like it's about time. They were going to do it for Star Trek The Next Generation. And I guess in the end, Gene Roddenberry um, walked it back because he was afraid of losing the show. Like he was a showrunner for the first two years and then he died. Um, 
<clears throat> and he was afraid that the execs, like the Paramount execs, would take the show away from him if he had a gay character. So in the end, he chickened out on it. But they, then they never revisited it, you know? So yeah. I'm, I'm glad that they're doing that. It, it just makes sense for Trek. Um, and then also CBS's streaming plan was is going to be five ninety nine, but it's going to have commercials. Ugh. <sighs> So you can pay ten bucks without commercials, but what are they even gonna offer that you want to watch? Like I, I get Star Trek, but they can Supergirl, so I don't have that going for me. Like I could care less about Mad or Mad Men. No, sorry, uh, Two and a Half Men. I could, Is that still a thing? I don't think so, but they'll probably have the entire catalog, right? Yeah. <laughs> All like 27 seasons or whatever it felt like. I don't know. Like I just, there's nothing to offer me. Like that's the network of people who fell asleep with their hearing aids, you know, forgetting to take them out while they yeah watching CBS. Like that's where all the ratings are. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I feel like they're off to a bad start. Will but. they replay NFL sh- games? <laughs> Probably not. I mean, that's that's. Uh, I know that's uh, the NFL Network's yeah. baby now. So, oh yeah, and I mean, like, there's a, you. If you're talking, I mean, that, streaming, that's like the one reason I watch CBS because usually they have Bronco games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I. I was paying for the app um, through the NFL, where you could watch every single game without commercials if you want to, or you can watch a whole broadcast or just like the plays. Where they like condense games to thirty minutes, which is fucking great. I totally recommend that. You just knock a game out so fast and just see the flow of the game. Like if you're watching your team, sometimes it's more fun to watch the whole broadcast because they talk about your team. Yeah, but but if you're watching the Titans and the Tennessee or uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you're like, oh, thirty minutes is. If you're even watching a game that people are talking about. And then you watch the condensed version. It's still great because you get to watch the thing in like a 30, 40 minute block. You know what I mean? You don't have to like watch the whole game. Like that's like three hours sometimes. Yeah, it's over three hours typically. It's not that I don't like football. It's just like football more than any other sport has a lot of dead time. You know, a it's like a lot of dead time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I swear, I mean, not even making it. You up. know, what okay, there's what, 60 minutes of clock time? Yeah. And then how much of that clock time actually has plays in it? I'd say like half. I was saying like that. 30%. Yeah, probably like 30% has like actual action going during the time. So there's just no need for a lot of that. You yeah. Know? It's nice when you like see a play end and then it picks up the, the game clock at like, 38 seconds and all of a sudden they're to the next play like it's pretty great that's why i can stand watching basketball like basketball is kind of a perfect runtime for a typical game like a regulation game that doesn't have like james harden or dwight howard where it's like just eking out the clock with free throws like if you take those games out your typical game is around two hours and it's like constant action during that two hours so that's pretty nice, but yeah, I know when I'm typically watching because usually, typically my Broncos for the local broadcast start just after two o'clock local time, and they go past five thirty typically. Yeah, so it's three and a half hours. We'll say, is this a good time to drop our new segment? Yeah. Okay. So. Last year we had hot take, and uh, as you guys might recall, and Chip Whitman got suspended for the year, but he's back and he's got Coach Gunderson with him. And we were a little hesitant to give them their own show, you know, but we're trying it out again. So we're going to give a little segment. So here's a little segment where they talk about sports. So enjoy. Welcome to Hot Take. I'm Chip Whitman. Now, today we're going to ask a couple of questions. We're in a shorter format. I guess we're a little bit better on a smaller scale. Anyway, Coach Gunderson is with us today. Thank you for having me on the show here. And former NBA great, Toby Bryan. 
Colin Kaepernick's jersey are the top sellers since he sat down during the national anthem. Is the uptake in sales due to the purchasing power of ISIS? For those of you who don't know, that Mr. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, he uh, sat down there. He uh, disrespecting all them folks there that worked hard over there in Afghanistan and Iraq. You know, stand up and make your country proud there, son. You know, I respect you taking a knee in the last game, but, you know, you need to really stand up and be part of your team, son. Problem is that everybody's talking about the national anthem and nobody's talking about his game prep. Whenever I get ready for a game, it'd be about 17 hours of working out, about five hours of watching film, about four hours of food prep, about an hour and a half to lace up my sneakers, make sure they were right. You know, don't want to get that ACL sprain or anything like that. About two hours of watching game film, uh, about three and a half hours berating my teammates to make sure they were in the right headspace for the game. These are all things that a successful winner does to win, and I would know. I got five rings. How many rings does Kaepernick have? But I got one of those NFC Championship rings. <laughs> I mean, if you're happy with that. People said that I might have an ailment with my uh, mental health. That's just fine. I don't care about that because I'm going to win in the end. I'm going to come out there. I'm going to light it up. It's going to be Toby time. And I'm going to go home with the ring. The Vikings have a quarterback controversy between Sean Hill and Sam Bradford. Who makes them more disappointing? You know, I took a look at their stats over the last few years. They're almost identical in every single stat. All right, so breaking it on down the line here. You got a game started, Shane Hill. He uh, started 34 out of 46 game. Mr. Uh, Sam Bradford, 63 out of 63 games versus game started. So, you know, there's not really much of an edge going in there. Completion percent, 62, 60%. You know, there's not really much going on there. Neck and neck, it all depends on who's blocking. That Tampa Bay line down there couldn't block for shit. Vikings can't block for shit, so you end up with 60% completion rate. The uh, interception percent, Mr. Hill, 2.5%. Mr. Bradford, 2.3%. So... Again, not much there. When you all boil it down, average NFL salary, Hill, 1.7 mil. Miss Bradford crutches himself, $13 million average salary. That's $12.3 million worth of why you need to start Sam Hill. They got a real problem with their superstars. There's 22 players out on the field and not a superstar to be found. We're talking about Sean Hill. We're talking about Sam Bradford. Whenever the Lakers played, you always had me truly. That's all you needed, a superstar. You're not gonna find that in Sean Hill. You're not gonna find that in Sam Bradford Hill. You weren't gonna find that in Teddy Bridgewater. See, the problem with the NFL is that they have nobody who can carry the league. And if there's nobody who can carry the league, what are you gonna do? That's like having a quarter of a million dollar ring without a wife. Doesn't make sense. No reason to buy that ring otherwise. That's an important cornerstone to marriage, an important cornerstone to sports. Stephen Curry said he's not interested in 74 wins this year, just a championship. Is he tempering comparisons to the 96-97 Chicago Bulls or bracing for a 2016 showing of Ben-Hur? Now, Stephen Curry, so he had that good run there, had 73 wins along the way. You know, that that's all impressive about until you realize you're talking about the NBA again. It's kind of like a two-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. You got a lot of one-legged guys out there. You know that two-legged guy is going to do all that fancy stuff, kicking with both feet and all. So, you know, and you got those fellas there that upgrade to the two-leg with the prosthetic leg. But you know what? That just don't work, son. This is laughable to me. I mean, they go and they hire Kevin Durant and they think everything's going to be good because I got Kevin Durant and everything's going to just come up peaches and I don't have to win 74 games and I don't have to get a championship or a bunch of rings. Like, it's just going to all come to me and the league's going to hand me everything and I'm going to get the endorsements and I'm going to get a third MVP. I haven't thought about this a lot. I'm just thinking about it right now. But the thing is that Stephen Curry, you have to go for that 74 wins. If you don't get those 74 wins, you will not be a man because everybody knows that you've got to 
measure up to Michael Jordan. And if you don't measure up to Michael Jordan, you are nobody in the public's eye. You have to be the best. You have to breathe the best. You have to destroy everything that is inferior to you. Whether it be your children, whether it be your school teachers, whether it be women who are working for a charity across the street from you who are just trying to get you to donate something, but you don't have time because you got to get ready for that game tomorrow. And that's what you got to keep in mind, Stephen Curry. You got to get in the eye of the tiger. You got to look down adversity and you got to slap it in its damn face and you got to say, I'm Stephen Curry and I will take this ring and nobody will stop me. Not even you, pal. Gasol. Oh sure, you can go to another team to chase a six ring and try and think you're better than Toby, but no, you will not be better than Toby. You will be in the Chicago Bulls and you will be failing. You will be in a broken down team without Tom Thibodeau running your defense. And that's how it's gonna go for you, pal Gasol. Troy Aikman said recently of his new co-worker at Fox Sports, I believe success is achieved by acquiring and developing talented, respected, and credible individuals, none of which applies to Skip Bayless. Is Aikman jealous of Bayless's talent? Now, when I see these two young fellas are on TV, Mr. Skip Baywatch and a longtime Tom Aikman, I don't see a lot of talent either way on that. Sure. Tom has the one ring, but, you know, what has he done for me lately? I haven't seen much out of that guy. You know, sometimes I look out and I see the green-eyed monster. I see it on the faces of fans all the time. They look up at me, they see how tall I am, they see how handsome I am, they see my endorsements, they see my shoes, and they think, I want to be just like Toby. But you can't be like Toby. And I think that this is the problem that Troy Aikman has. Oh, sure, there's that whole thing about him being gay according to Skip Bayless and apparently he's not gay, he's got a wife and kids and blah blah blah, but the truth is there's the green-eyed monster here, there's a lot of jealousy and I see it seeping out of Troy Aikman, Skip Bayless went, he did a talk show sure, he talked a lot of shit he talked more than a lot of shit actually, he talked a ton of shit, come to think of it, he said some shit about me, you know what, Skip Bayless is an asshole and I hope he gets fired, Coach Gunderson Toby Bryan, thank you Okay, so that was interesting. <laughs> uh, so Warner Brothers did the stupidest thing I've ever heard of a company doing. Are you ready for this? They contacted Google and they requested that they take down their own website for copyright infringement. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, my eyes are closed, like, trying to picture it. <laughs> it wasn't just that. They took down the Matrix, like, website <laughs> that they put up, like, the Dark Knight website that they put up. They took both of those down, or down too, because of copyright infringement. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think causes something like this? Lawyers. <laughs> One word, lawyers. Probably. <laughs> No, I guess I. So the speculation I read is they think they had a computer program that goes through all the internet sites and looks for any site that's delivering has Warner Brothers content. Yeah. yeah, but they didn't exclude the sites that they own from <laughs> it. Any way you cut it, it's fascinating. <laughs> this is how. Uh, uh, Fogarty ends up suing Credence Clearwater Revival. <laughs> well, that was a little bit different. My understanding of that is they're playing the songs that he wrote and had all the songwriting credit on and using the name of the band that he named and was lead singer and frontman. <laughs> yeah, and he wrote songs under his own name using the same sort of tone like that's one of those things i would just let go but apparently john fogarty won't let it go so he wants a cut of the ticket sales <laughs> and i think his brother was in that version of the band too because his brother played with them too like credence clearwater revival so that's probably some some awkward brother shit right 
I, you know, because I was watching a thing on like uh, Box Office Mojo about it a while back, and it didn't mention anything about that. I mean, it was basically the people that were named, and it was um, I. I think it's Capitol Records that was producing the CCR stuff, uh-huh. and then it was uh, the lawyers for John Fogarty <laughs> uh, under the label he has now, or he's under now. It might even have been his own label. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's so great when that stuff happens. Uh, they sue their own. That's so great, dude. They just like, do you think like Google took down their pages before they caught it? Oh, I hope so. God, I that would be so. funny. That would be so funny. <laughs> that a movie coming out, they're trying to promote it, and it's just like it's gone. You know, it'd be really epic about that. Okay, so what if what if they took down all the Batman v Superman trailers while they're trying to sell this Blu-ray? <laughs> And so the only thing left is the retro cut trailer. Have you seen this? No. It's amazing, dude. So thank you, Internet, for keep doing this, making fake trailers for us. They made a Batman versus Superman movie with Michael Keaton's Batman and Christopher Reeve's Superman. And they just like, I mean, so they did steal some sound bites and little teeny tiny clips to make a narrative sense but for the most part it's from those two movies it's just fantastic dude it's so goofy and then when wonder woman goes to show up they take it from the the 70s tv show and you see linda carter spinning like every time they show wonder woman they show her spinning (laughs) it's so great i'm just wondering where this is gonna end is it gonna be like they're requesting amazon prime take down their uh batman v superman like sales (laughs) because they have clips i hope so they just knock out their entire (laughs) internet presence (laughs) that would be amazing and then sell everything to marvel so (laughs) (laughs) speaking of marvel dumb news did you hear that vin diesel got a uh he got his own script like everybody else had the typical Guardians of the Galaxy 2 script. He had one where Groot's parts were written in English. <laughs> so like it would say Groot and instead of saying I am Groot, it says I want it's I don't know, milk dud or something. Like <laughs> it lets you know what Groot is trying to get across <laughs> so that he can properly enunciate it in the booth. That sounds fun. I want the I am Groot script. I want to know <laughs> like does he like is he obsessed with like Shakespeare? Does he say like a lot of Shakespearean quotes? What's like going through Star Groot's Trek? mind? Yeah, what is going through Groot's mind? <laughs> Nobody knows except for Groot and Rocket. That's it, dude. <laughs> They're the only ones that know. Uh, uh, some more Marvel news. Did you hear about Spider-Man Homecoming? Like the big news that got slipped out. It almost had to have been leaked on purpose. The photos were too good to have not been leaked on purpose. I saw the photos got leaked, and that's I didn't follow too much. But so we know we know that the the vulture played by Michael Keaton is the main villain. We know that the tanker is in it. I heard that somewhere way back. Tanker, I don't think the tanker. Yeah, he's like a, he's a dude who like makes things for other supervillains, like makes suits for him and things like that. Okay. So he's not like somebody that Spider Man would necessarily fight, but he's definitely a dude who would like suit up and gear up other bad guys. If that makes sense. So DC and Marvel both have a tinkerer. Maybe who's DC's tinkerer? Uh he was. In the Flash, he was actually played by Mark Hamill in the no, no, CW. No, no. no that's the uh, uh, not the tanker. That's the uh, oh my god! It'll come to me when it's too late. <laughs> you looking it up? Anyway, the third villain is Electro. This or not Electro? I'm sorry, not Electro. I get the names mixed up sometimes. The Shocker, which is hilarious, like. The Shocker is like the biggest loser villain that Spider-Man has. <laughs> like he's a guy who has these bracelets that basically like create heavy vibrations and he wears what looks like a quilt 
on his body. So they showed it and like you see him and you know just immediately it's the shocker because he has a diagonal quilt. It's amazing, dude. I love it. Any luck there? Not yet. Not yet. I don't think it's the tankerer. It's, I should remember, too, because I totally saw that episode of The Flash and the old one that he was in. He played the Joker. <laughs> Is that who you're thinking of? No, we're almost there, so. Okay. Are you shuffling through IMDb here? Yeah. Go to the Batman Arkham Knights, Batman <laughs> Killing Joke. Almost there. He has almost 300 acting credits. Yeah, because he did a lot of voice work, so he's got tons of credits. A lot of voices. Just for the Batman stuff alone, that's probably like 20 credits at least. This is enthralling podcasting here. The Tricksters. Yeah, that's that's it. The Trickster, yeah. I knew it wasn't the tanker, but it was so close I couldn't remember it. Yeah, so not the tanker, it's the shocker. <laughs> so I look forward to Batman, Batman, Spider-Man making a lot of see now you got me doing. <laughs> I look forward to the shocker making uh getting a lot of quilt jokes made up about him. There's also this comic that me and Zach used to tell a lot that I still think if anybody gets a chance should check out. It's not running anymore, but it it completed its run, but it's the Sinister Foes of Spider-Man. It's so fucking funny. Like, it's basically the Sinister Six. Like, it's this new set of villains, plus Shocker, I think, is the only one from the original Sinister Six. And they decide that they're gonna, like, trade in on the name, the Sinister Six, to, like just do all sorts of criminal capers and and have a branding with them already but there's only five of them for starters so he's just like it doesn't matter that there's only five of us it's just the branding that's important (laughs) like the name comes with something and he like captain boomerang not captain boomerang boomerang it's just boomerang is uh leading the the group and he is the slimiest motherfucker too and uh, they have this whole scene where, like, Shocker kind of catches him in a lie. And so he talks to him about why he did the lie. And he he's, like, going along with it. And he's just fine. And then he's talking about how reasonable Shocker was and all this stuff. And then they show him, like, subtly while he's talking, like, pushing this car over a bridge, like, into the water. And then they show, like an inside of like the trunk and you see the shocker like locked up in the trunk <laughs> while he's shoving it into the Hudson River. It's so fucking great, dude. No love for the shocker whatsoever. <laughs> but it suits very absorbent, so it works. <laughs> so the other Marvel movie Marvel universe stuff I have was uh Agents of Shield uh release a teaser with uh Ghost Rider. Yeah. And he's Latino, so white people are going to go It's not crazy. Johnny Blaze. Yeah, it's not Johnny Blaze. So I don't know Ghost Rider history enough to know if that's a separate character. It is a different character. But I mean that was in the comics or not? Um, He's a Latino mechanic that gets like uh, gunned down and then comes back as Do you Ghost know Rider. if he was in the comics? Like, did they do a thing where they switched up? Because it's like Johnny Blaze. <sighs> it's such a terrible name. But it was uh, Johnny Blaze and the, the Ghost Rider, and he was like a daredevil. Yeah. Um, but he didn't go with the name Daredevil because it was already taken. He became Ghost Rider. <laughs> such a dumb comic. I don't know why people are so excited for this. I like I kind I almost want to see it because I'm curious at how like excited people are for it. There's a lot of vitriol right now, mostly because it's not Johnny Blaze. Yeah. Well, if they use a comic book character, who even cares? That's yeah. kind of how I feel. Or maybe he changes his name to. I don't know. No, like, it's it's, it's a it's things. a different character. Um, because I was reading something about it today, and it was uh I can't remember the first name, but Raises the last name. R-E-Y-E-S. Mm-hmm. 
And so it's a different person altogether, kind of like uh, Captain America. I mean, like, one of the brilliant things Todd McFarlane did with Spawn back in the days was he was like, I'm going to take Ghost Rider, but I'm not going to have him ride a flaming motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of a smart move, I'm just going to say. And maybe his skull isn't on fire all the time. You know, it makes a little bit more sense when he's Spawn, but... You know, that's what comic book companies do. They just rip off from each other. You know, Tom McFarlane found a better way to do Ghost Rider. So I still wasn't like a huge fan of Spawn at all. I tried to watch the cartoon. It's funny. I'm talking about this now. Um, Like three nights ago, I had some quiet night. Like my wife was at work. I'm just like looking for something to watch. I'm just like flipping channels looking for something. And I finally settled on Spawn because HBO did a cartoon run of three seasons of Spawn. It's like an adult cartoon. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. I was never much. Tell me John Leguizamo was nowhere near this. I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) But I was like, I was no fan of the comic book. I certainly hated the shit out of that movie. And that's been documented. Both of the movies. There was two of them? Yeah. They made another Spawn? I'm pretty sure. Oh, that's a mistake. <laughs> Are you sure you're not thinking of Ghost Rider? They made two of those. No, I know there was two Ghost Riders, but I'm like 90% positive that there was a second Spawn movie. Did you ever see Ghost Rider? Like the Nick Cage? I saw both the Nick Cage joints. Okay, what did you think about the second one? I'm curious. It was god-awful. Okay. Did you know it has the same director who did... Uh, what's the one where the dude has to like shock his heart to keep going? Oh, uh, Crank? Yeah. It's the same directors who did the Crank movies did the Ghost Rider one. It was just still garbage. <laughs> it's, it's Garbage still, is garbage it, no matter who did it. <laughs> yeah, I could never bring myself to watch it. Crank was like terrible but it was fun fun terrible it's it's intentionally bad but it pulls it off yeah it's hard to be intentionally bad and pull it off and they definitely pull it off in that movie um yeah (laughs) i just couldn't bring myself to watch ghost rider spirit of vengeance i really tried i don't yeah i think it was just like at somebody's house and they were watching it and i was like oh god Yep, um, this is my life now. <laughs> did they have? <laughs> did they have some joke where like Nick Cage is like trying to like get with the girl or something? He's like, "Baby, I'm on fire." And then he like has a skull like go on fire. So like that kind of bad movie. I don't even remember. Yeah, just try to. It's just like it out a mental block. Yeah, and there's some things when you watch them like brain just turn off because we have to sit be here for this but don't retain any of this (laughs) (laughs) so i went to watch the spawn show i'm like i'll give this show a chance maybe i'll like it and so i i started watching it this is a bad sign here's how it intros okay it shows this dark room and then todd mcfarland is sitting in the dark room with like a skull and he's just like do you know where you're going after you die? I want you to really think about that question because this show features a character who didn't think about that. And he like kind of cocks an eyebrow and then it goes to the cartoon. I'm like, Oh God, this is a bad sign already, but okay. Okay. Tom McFarland's not going to be in this very much. So maybe I can get, I got probably 10 minutes into the cartoon. I'm like, Nope, done. The animation was just like, it it was like somebody... Did you ever see the motion comics? No. Okay. Never heard of it. So they had them on Netflix for a while. Um, they're a good idea for pitching things. So the, the way that they originally came out was... Um, and I can't think of the, the writer right now, but he's kind of insane and I love him. And he did a lot of... He did a really big Batman run. He created Man Bat... Um, I can't think of his name, but he, his company like created these motion comics where they basically take a panel of a comic book and then they'll like do a tiny bit of animation in it. Like they'll show like a motorcycle panel and then they'll show the motorcycle sort of go over 
and then like it'll do the next panel and then maybe you'll see like a head move a little bit and then they'll do the next panel like it's framed like that so it's not total full motion they only do some motion it gives the sense of a comic and so he did this for selling stuff and he's like well why don't we just do this for comics and it doesn't work well as like a story medium and this felt like that which is not a good sign like it was all kind of done in like almost an anime style where you see like it's not really moving but they have stuff moving to give it a sense of movement yes yeah like you'll see a dude standing in an alley and then like the shadow like the light will move so that the shadow sort of moves yeah and then you'll see like very limited animation like it's all like that and you're like 10 minutes in and the animation alone would have made me drop out but then it was just like really corny but Keith David didn't keep your attention. Did he do the show? He's Spawn. Really? <laughs> Dude, I had no idea. He doesn't. I, sound I just like, read that. So yeah, that's, he that's, doesn't sound like Keith David in that. He really doesn't. <laughs> Sorry, Keith David. I love you, but not Spawn. Come back for the Community movie. <laughs> we started watching Community. Did you? Yeah. You'd be proud of me. I watched some shit this week, dude. Wow. The last two weeks I watched some shit. So how far did you get in? Two episodes. You're all, you're getting almost getting into exactly good stuff. I got exactly where I got before. <laughs> but I enjoyed it more than I did years ago. So, um, But it's not our primary show right now. It will be soon. But our primary show right now is Orange is the New Black. I won, baby. I won. Nice. I've been trying for four years to convince my wife to watch. God, Orange it's is funny because my wife is so into that show, and we have not even touched the fourth season yet. Oh, we're probably gonna lap you then, because we watched two seasons in two weeks. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, if anything, it's gonna speed up on her days off because yeah. my wife has uh, Thursday, Friday off, and we'll probably watch like. 10 episodes between those two days so i think they're only 13 episode runs yeah 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 but i mean like we've been watching two to three a day every day so So we just we just finished season two today Uh, i love it like i i like i really love the pilot i thought the pilot was really good but my wife watched it with me and she watched like into the second shower scene which is in the first five minutes and she was like out and just pissed off and was like, no, this is just porn. And I kept trying to tell her like, no, it's getting good reviews. Like, it's really good. I kept trying to tell her and she went four years. I finally gave up last year and just gave up trying to convince her. But I kept it on the shelf just in case and kept it on the Netflix queue. And uh, a couple days, well, actually a couple weeks ago, we were finishing up Love on Netflix and she was like, can we watch Orange's new black? And I'm like, so who finally swayed you? And she's like, it's just everybody I know watches it and loves it. And now I'm a correctional officer. <sighs> so I kind of want to like, see it's really, it is really good. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm two seasons in, dude, I got a pretty good feel so for the show. There's some good porn stuff going on, but I mean, beyond I that, but it, that stuff, I don't though, either. Like, like but it, I would have when I was It was, was younger, enough that but. was like, it's it. I mean, it's nice to see. I it's, like, it's, but I, I like to be able to watch a show for the full hour, not just watch five minutes. And so right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a couple of things that I really like about this show. Uh, the first thing, like to me, it begins with the actors. Like they picked a lot of actresses who. Like had kind of a subpar career and then just found shit that really works for him. Um, the lady who plays Red, and I can't remember her name, and I should oh. lose my nerd card for it. But Katie I mean, Mulgrew. She, yeah, Kate Mulgrew. She was like, she was in so many shows that I watched Star growing up. I was getting to that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Cheers. She was in a like a three-episode run of Cheers. Uh, she was like a political person who like has Sam as her arm candy. And, like, she's just in, like, tons of shows that I love. She was in some Seinfeld. She is one of the best characters on the show. Yeah. And she never, like, the only time she really had a show with the lead that I remember was Voyager. And Voyager was not a good show. She was good in it, but it was just not a good show. Yeah. And uh, 
Yeah, and then so, like this show, she's so good in it. Like she's not the lead, but she might as well be. You know what I mean? It's like The Godfather. Like when you think about the lead, you think about Marlon Brando, but it's actually, you know, Al Pacino. Yeah. You know, because they're just so fucking good at it. And so she's incredible in it. I love that Natasha Leone has found something to do. And I had heard before this show she was actually homeless. Like she had just started drinking a whole bunch and just like got in a real bad place and wound up homeless. And I don't know how she wound up with this with this show, but I'm fucking glad, dude. Like I've been a fan of hers for a long time. And I used to watch a lot of her movies and then she just sort of like dropped out. And so it's nice to see that she not only found a show, but found a show that's just like clicking on all cylinders, you know, like she was in American pie is the one that everybody knows. She's like the sarcastic friend of Tara. Yeah. Yeah. And then she was also in this one movie that I thought was really funny. It's kind of campy called, but I'm a cheerleader. Yeah. And she's like, she's gay, but she doesn't know she's gay. And she, that one was kind of fun to watch. I, I've, I've been down that road. Yeah, but it's a fu- it's a really funny movie because like she doesn't realize she's gay, but she gets sent to one of those camps where they're trying to like reprogram you to be straight. But instead, it, <laughs> it just, just brings re- like, out like her homosexuality. Solidifies it. Yeah, it just brings it out because she's with other gay people and she realizes like, oh, this is all stuff I've been repressing. And I have the slums of Beverly Hills. I've watched that movie like four or five times. I love that movie. Like her and Alan Arkin. And the dude from The Departed, <laughs> whose name I don't know, but he's Eddie and Grounded for Life, like whoever that guy's. But I love uh, and Marissa Tomei, of course. But I love the slums of Beverly Hills, so I'm glad to see Natasha Leone found a place to land. Uh, it's really fun seeing um, what's her face who plays Donna in that '70s show. God damn it! I was hoping you'd come up with her name. Yeah, I know it's on the tip of my tongue. <sighs> I feel like there's a P in there somewhere. <laughs> Good. I've I've been like Laura. Is it Laura? Laura Prep or Prepone. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Yeah. And uh and she plays a completely different character, which is like awesome. Like it's great to not see her play Donna in that. Yeah. And I you know, I really like her character and you the first three seasons I've watched, you really see like different aspects of her character like they do a really good job of character development i think on this show do you know why she wasn't in that whole season for season two so she did the first season of the show and didn't think it was going to go anywhere because it was like a netflix show and i don't think that when she recorded it that the uh kevin spacey show house of cards had even like dropped yet and so i just think she didn't think it was going to go anywhere and so she got the lead in that Chelsea Handler produced show where she was, I think it's like Dear Vodka, It's Me, Chelsea or something like that. Like it only lasted a season, but she went to do that show thinking it was going to be big. And then meanwhile, while she's filming it, like Orange is the New Black just fucking blew up and became huge. So they had to write in a whole thing where she wasn't in the show, but they managed to get her for like two days. So all of her scenes for the second season are filmed in like two days, wow. which is why she's not in prison for that whole season. They had to like write her out of the show so that they could like bring her back, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But man, that show's good. And I really like that. Um, you get to know all the characters pretty well. You know, the, it's kind of interesting because if you haven't watched it, what they do is kind of, almost focus on a character an episode two yeah it's usually like like the first couple episodes is pretty much piper the main character because you're getting to know her and seeing the world through her eyes and then they start it's usually like two people an episode that they're like doing flashbacks to their life so that you can see like how and at first they were sort of leaning on in the first season and part of the second season, it seemed like they were leaning on, like, this is how they got into jail. And so you feel some sympathy watching a jail. And then at a certain point, I think they realize, like, are we always going to do this? Like, this is why they're in jail. They started, like, working more on, like, facets of their personality. Yeah. That you can explore, like, when they're out of prison. 
And so that's really interesting too. Um, I like that there's only, when you really boil it down that show, at least for the first two seasons, I think there's only really one villain who you don't feel any sympathy for whatsoever. Because a lot of people that are painted as villains, you wind up seeing a lot of sides of, like crazy eyes. You find out, like, oh, well, she's mentally handicapped. Like, that's why she acts the way that she acts. And she was bound But she's fucking intimidating when you first watch that show. You think she's going to rape the shit out of Piper. (laughs) You know what I mean? And then, like, they have that crazy Christian girl. And then in, like, the second, like, you know, she's trying to, well, I won't get into the whole thing because I don't want to spoil people for her, but you you really see her as a villain. And then the second season, eventually, they just sort of, like, soften her around that, like, she gets some anger management. They really she, go into her character in season three. Yeah. And I mean, like by season two, I didn't look at her as a villain anymore. It's like, okay, this is just a person with anger issues, you know? Yeah. Uh, who happened to murder somebody? <laughs> Try to murder another one. They, they get into a lot more of what goes into that. But, yeah. Um, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, and that's what I like about the, the show. The only villain so is the one. Uh, the, it's the, the lady who brings the, the cigarettes into the prison. Yeah. And, like, yeah. and she just manipulates everybody. And is so good at acting like a mother to everybody, but like really is just cold hearted snake. Look in her eyes. She's been telling lies. <laughs> <laughs> but she's awful. I was debating whether I was even going to bring this up today. Cause I kind of wanted to watch the next two seasons and then like just bring up, Hey, I watched the whole run, <laughs> but it kind of came up. So yeah. fuck it. Yeah, man. I, I've been, we've been, just fucking power watching orange is the new black. And my, my wife has like gotten that distant look when we watch it during the sex scenes, like she does during game of Thrones where it's just like, all right, I'm just going to mentally check out for 30 seconds. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm back and I don't enjoy the sex scenes because I'm sitting next to my wife and it's awkward because I can't like totally watch the screen the whole time. I have to look over and be like, Hey babe, how you doing? Yeah. yeah let's have a little side conversation while they're eating each other's nether regions. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit awkward, <laughs> but if I was in my twenties, I would be eating up that show in a different way. <laughs> so I get it. You got to get the biggest, got to throw out, Get the whitest, the whitest net, net. Yep. yeah, that you can capture. So I understand why all the nudity is there. They do show a few guy butts, but not nearly enough to balance it out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Game of Thrones, they 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 have some dudes' asses like a lot, yeah, because they're usually having sex, so they throw and, in a the ca- and an occasional dong, yeah, yeah, an occasional dong, not very often though, not no, too often but with the dong. Usually end up with a herpy dong, but. <laughs> <laughs> or one getting cut off. <laughs> oh. Um let's see, what else do I have here? There's a rumor. You want to go into Rumorville? Rumorville. Yeah, Daniel Craig is rumored to have been offered 150 million. I just heard pounds. about this. Now, people are fucking up the rumor it's pounds, not dollars. So I figured this out. If you think it doesn't matter between pounds or dollars. So 150 million is a lot, right? If you're talking about dollars, but if it's pounds, if you convert it to, you know, dollars, $201,396,000. Dude, that's a difference of over $51 million. (laughs) Don't get that mixed up. But um, I didn't realize the pound was still doing that well after the Brexit. Yeah, it's fucking killing. That's what Google said anyway. I, I put in 150 million. Pounds to dollars, and that's what it spat out at me. But uh, this is apparently for two more Bond movies. They'd be shot back to back, and the rumor, another rumor, is that the end of the second one would have Bond passing the baton to somebody else. So this is what I sort of wanted to launch into because this is going to be a major point of geek contention, I think is if they don't just have another actor play Bond, like if they have somebody else assume the name or if they just have a different character, like however that works. What are your thoughts on this? I know you're not like hardcore Bond, but you definitely watch a lot of them. 
I'd say I've seen a lot of them. Yeah, if you haven't seen all of them, you've seen most of them probably. I'm pretty sure I've seen 95 plus percent. Yeah, I've definitely seen them all. <laughs> There's no question in my mind. There might have been one I missed, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. Is it Her Royal Majesty's Secret Service? Been there. Okay. Been there, done that. <laughs> um, You know, I think if, if they're doing a pass the baton, I think it would be interesting if they brought somebody in, like we're training somebody and then gave them the Bond name. Yeah, it's like a code name. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would be down for that. And here's sort of like the double O set, the double O program, basically. Yeah, and you're going to be the next Bond. And I would be down for it just because this Daniel Craig run, it really, it really, truly has been a reboot of the franchise, and they've put things in a more realistic light. I mean, certainly there's been unrealistic moments, but it's all way more realistic than the past Bond movies. And so if they want to come up with some way to like have it, like you said, a double O program or something and hand it off, I'm okay with that. I really don't care for this particular franchise. But that being said, if you ask me what I prefer, just have somebody else take the name and ignore it. We've been able to do this for over 50 years. <laughs> you know, years. I, I am not, I have no problems with that whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. If they want to go that much further and like have that much story and put that into it, that's fine. But if they want to just skip all that and just make someone else Bond, then I'm okay. It, My know, gut tells me it's somebody from Sony who came up, like a suit from Sony who came up with that bright idea, and it's just going to get thrown out. <laughs> It'll just get thrown out because... It's way easier in every respect to just have another actor play Bond. Yeah. The audiences have accepted this for longer than most of the fans have been alive. You know, I don't have to write anything to explain it. I feel like the way, like, especially like I'm thinking Skyfall in particular, because they really like went into a lot of depth of how people became Q and R or M and you know, really like showed how they became who they are in the MI6. So I think like them showing that as the new bond, I think would be kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, I can get along with it either way. I just think the more simple thing to do is, Oh, it's definitely more simple, (laughs) but I think it would be, I, I do think it would be interesting. Like, let me put it this way. This is a franchise that on the reboot, put the M as the starting M who is the finishing M and the old run. So if you go like in order of the old movies, it went like four different M's and then Judy Dench, you know, her M. And then this one is like starts with Judy Dench M who is known for a long, long time. And then they like throw it to Ralph Fins. Like, this is a friend. We've already accepted this. I just don't see why you do the gymnastics. That's my thing. If you want to go to the effort to do it, fine. But it feels like it a lot of exposition. I, that I, I don't, don't need. Well, this is what I'll say. Don't shoehorn it in for the sake of this. We have to show the the history. If it's something that fits with the story or is compelling i'm totally about it because but if it's not then don't don't shoehorn it what if they like threw it back to sean connery like era kind of stuff and so like he has the blowfeld technology where he can just like wear all the faces and look like all the different people and he just like puts on a face of whoever's going to be the next bond at the end of the movie And then the next movie, you have it. Like, he puts on an Eldra Ebis mask or whatever, and bam. Eldra, El, El, I'm not even saying the name right. Eldra Ebis, whatever. What's his name? Eldra Ebis. 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 <laughs> okay, I got one more piece of news here. Uh, this just entertained me. 
The International Astronomical Union's Minor Planet Center has named an asteroid discovered in 1991, Asteroid 17473, Freddie Mercury. Yes. Fuck yeah. Brian May made the announcement. He's like a big astronomy guy. He's got a PhD in astrophysics. Yeah, he does. (laughs) And he actually earned it. This was not an honorary degree. No. He went back to college. He was working on that when Queen busted out. And so eventually he reluctantly gave it up to be a rock star. Oh, <laughs> talk about your first world problems. Here. But uh, yeah. And so, so he actually went back and like studied real fucking hard to get that degree. And uh, yeah, from he was Oxford, one that announced it. Yeah. From Oxford. I think they all went to Oxford actually. I think that's where they met. Like all four members. Uh, my favorite story about Queen that really isn't important, but I just like it. John Deacon, their bass player, who you don't hear about very much because he's the only low-key member of the band. Uh, they changed his name to Deacon John for the first album because Freddie Mercury thought it sounded interesting. And the one time he said no was when they put out the Queen 2 album and they were going to put him down as Deacon John again and he was just like, flip the fuck out. He's like, <laughs> my name is John Deacon. <laughs> <laughs> you may think that doesn't matter, but hey, it's the dude who wrote You're My Best Friend and Another One Bites the Dust. Those were the only two songs he got sole songwriting credit for and they're like two of the biggest radio hits today. Like they still play on classic rock radio all the time, so... You know, dude has gravitas, old John Deacon. <laughs> I don't want to say Deacon John. You might fucking jump. Old Mr. The radio. Deacon. Yeah, old Mr. Deacon. He was actually also, um, or no, not him, Roger Taylor. This is my other useless fact that I love. He was the only per- living person to be on a British stamp because they did a Freddie Mercury commemorative stamp and they had Freddie Mercury like singing, like, you know, doing this thing where he's like putting his fists up and kind of puffing out his chest. And I think he's wearing like a wife beater or something. And then in the background, you can see Roger Taylor playing drums. So he's the only living person to be featured on a stamp. They actually have a law against that. And I guess it just slipped through somehow. So Nice. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it was the drummer we never heard about who died. Like Queen has a spinal tap history we just never heard of before they got famous. <laughs> <laughs> like got through 10 drummers that died. Did you have something you want to get to? I, I got a couple other up. things. Okay. Um, Jason Momoa. Yes. Um, just announced that he will start filming the crow reboot oh, in January. Oh no, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I just wanted to see what your reaction to a crow remake reboot, whatever. When's the last time you watched any of the Crow movies? It's been 20 years. Any urge to go back? Not truly. No. (laughs) Here's the thing I never really And I kind of liked them a lot back when they were new-ish. But seeing Crow 2 and then Crow 3 and then the whole... They made a Crow 3? Yeah. Oh, God. And then they had the whole crow series on fox what (laughs) this is all news to me and then they had a crow highlander crossover show for a while really yeah that's insane yeah and it was all garbage just garbage like it was late night uh saturday night programming that sounds like garbage here's the thing about the crow pretty overrated it was overrated to begin with you know what's great about the crow the soundtrack you know what's great about the movie eh, yeah. nothing nothing dude it was so overrated when we we're in high school like i thought it was okay but i thought it was really boring it gets really and I dry. never really understood why everybody was obsessed with it but i kept my mouth shut I love the Nine Inch Nails song, Dead Souls, in there. It's a fucking great song. There's a lot of good songs on that soundtrack. But the movie is just like, you know what it was? Brandon Lee died while he's making it. And he was Bruce Lee's son. So it was a big deal. 
it was a really big deal and it was the first movie where they like digitally like did something to make it look like a dead actor was a real actor yeah uh did the cgi fill in yeah which i kind of want to go back and look at now because i bet it's laughable it was pretty noticeable back then really so. see i never noticed it back then but i totally believe that yeah uh, i i always like to talk about some of the worst cg i've ever seen was the sopranos when tony's mom uh, the the actress who played tony's mom she died in real life and they had to have her for one little scene to like kind of close the story and so they took an actress who was sort of shaped like her and had her walk across the room and they like digitally like painted her face onto it and it's so bad dude it's so bad and then they have like close-ups of her having reactions but it's like stock footage from an old episode and it's just like oh none of this plays well it's like the it was bad so i've been uh actually started watching uh bojack horseman on netflix that's interesting you say that i just put that back on my queue to try and run through it when i realized they're like in the third season aren't they third or fourth yeah, I was just sort of surprised that it had kept going. So I was like, maybe it was better than I was it's giving it credit for. It's pretty interesting. It's kind of funny because they had a one like small little scene where uh, Bojack is trying to, or is got the uh, lead role for the movie as Secretariat. And so, oh, like, um, they make him go into this trailer and they, like, digitally, like, um, map out his entire face in case he dies so they could finish the film <laughs> why didn't they just get ann coulter oh, oh just piggybacking off of somebody else's joke <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you end a show take it easy angel lansbury is going to be in game of thrones season seven i know if she shows up people will die i mean it's game of thrones so no shit but just something to think about. She's a white walker. I've seen what murder she wrote. <laughs> I don't actually have debates on my show. It's called That's Debatable. But I don't really have an affirmative or negative debate, really. It's not a win or loss kind of debate. The way that I've organized the show is to kind of try to talk about arguments um, as opposed to having any one argument in particular. I think talking about arguments is a fun way to have an argument. You're kind of arguing with people as opposed to necessarily against them. A not safe for network podcast. Take that OD, you drink it down to the label. Yeah. You uh, get yourself a funnel from a gas station. <laughs> uh, you then pour sauce in up to where the, the malt liquor started. Fill her back up. Mm-hmm. So you got yourself a little bit of a buzz on because you just drank about a third of a bottle of malt liquor. Put it inside yourself. Mm-hmm. Experience what we just had the absolute privilege of mm-hmm. experiencing in such a thickening. Yeah. I don't see any way that anyone's ever going to regret this. Yeah. We had a good life. When Wilford Brimley is telling you that that's what he's going to do, you're like, oh, wow, it must be aliens. It's totally because the mustache. Yeah, yeah, believe the mustache, because when he is in the thing and he is missing the mustache. Bad news. There's something about him that's not right, and the characters pick up on it right away and they lock him away. (laughs) You know, the plot suggests it's for other reasons, but he is a man that should have a mustache, and when he doesn't, it codes for strangeness. And just all around wrongness and weirdness. The Alien Movie Project. Hi, I'm Biggs. Check out my podcast, Biggs on Film, where I do insightful commentaries on films that you love. Uh, Gort the Robot, they call him Newt. Yeah, Newt. Like like he's uh, Norwe- like, Norwegian. Yeah, he's mostly Norwegian. Mostly. <laughs> the two fancy skeletons in the back are the worst. Dude. I know, they're the best. <laughs> like, it's no wonder they lost this battle. <laughs> That's a gross-looking punching bag. Dude, oh, yeah, I'd be that worried punching... about getting Seminilla punching that bag. I think he might have... Given that punching bag salmonella. Well, every now and then it's insightful. Find us on iTunes.